0: Did you know that before Bahamut was the king of dragons in Final Fantasy, he was a planet sized fish with the head of a hippopotamus? I'm having trouble envisioning such a beast. I can only imagine a giant winged dragon spewing flames from its gaping maw. That's the Bahamut I know and love. But not everyone is a lover of SquareSoft soft role playing games, and our magnificent lizard god has roots in mythology dating back hundreds of years before video games were conjuring magical creatures. So. Gather your experience points and learn your spells, because we're about to summon the master of all summons. This is Video Game Lore. Welcome to Video Game Lore. The podcast where I have a flair for knowledge about your favorite video games and uncover the fascinating mythology behind the most beloved characters, magical items, and mystical worlds. I'm your host and self-proclaimed ludologist Matt Farish. Thank you for joining me. This is another installment of my Pixel Cryptid series, where I do a brief yet thorough exploration of a single video game character. Like my Poké Lore series, this particular episode will be part of an ongoing series focusing on the most popular summon spirits from Final Fantasy. Today's episode begins with Big Bad Bahamut. I'll never forget the first time I encountered Bahamut in a Final Fantasy game. It was 1992, and I was 14 years old. I'd only just discovered role-playing games, and the game was then Squaresoft's, now Square Enix, Final Fantasy II for the Super Nintendo. It's Final Fantasy IV in Japan. My parents let me rent it from Blockbuster Video, and I had no clue just how massive in scope, for the time at least, RPGs could be. Not to mention difficult. Needless to say, I was unable to complete the game in the allotted rental time, so I immediately set out to buy a used copy of the game, a much simpler task in the 90s, and dedicated myself to finishing it. At that time, with the exception of the Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past, no game had come close to capturing a sense of awe and wonder Final Fantasy II provided. The sprawling epic adventure of a dark knight-turned paladin fighting alongside an ever-changing cast of characters to defeat a monstrous alien beast on a replicant moon still remains one of the most bizarrely memorable games I've ever played. And don't even get me started on the music. Simple by today's standards, to be certain, but so many of the game's themes are burned into my memory. Perhaps I am seeing through rose-tinted glasses, but I know I'm not alone in my favor of this game. If there is one monster battle I distinctly recall, it is the fight against Bahamut. I love dragons, and Bahamut is one of my favorites. He may be an optional fight, but defeating him earns your summoner Rydia the ability to use Bahamut's powerful Megaflare attack on enemies. Totally worth it. If you have limited experience with Final Fantasy games, then fighting Bahamut is a tough battle. A single blast from him can prove fatal to your entire group. I died many times before I persevered and used him to defeat the final boss. But Bahamut wasn't always a dragon. That was a recent development, thanks to Dungeons and Dragons. Long before he became the King of Summons, Bahamut was something far stranger. But before I go into his lore, let's explore a little bit of his history. Final Fantasy games seem to have been around forever. In terms of video game years, the series pretty much has. 1987 saw the release of the first entry on the Nintendo Entertainment System in Japan, though it wouldn't reach stateside for another three years. By then, part three was already launching in Japan, We Americans were a little late to the RPG party. So late, in fact, we were denied the second, third, and fifth title for many years. When Final Fantasy II finally did come off for the Super Nintendo in the U.S. in 1992, Part 4 overseas, Part 5 was already being released in Japan. Hence why Part 6 in Japan is Part 3 in the U.S. It's all a little complicated and confusing, I know. And it can mostly be blamed on politics, delays, and the unfortunate release of the beginner's Final Fantasy title called Mystic Quest. Created by video game legend Hironobu Sakaguchi, Final Fantasy, the fantasy sci-fi role-playing game series, is beloved and known the world over. It has 15 and counting games in the main series and dozens of other offshoot projects. Originally created as competition in Enix's popular 1986 Dragon Quest series, the first Final Fantasy was made to be just that, the one and only Final Fantasy. I for one am glad they kept it going, though it makes you wonder just when it will be the final Final Fantasy. All throughout the series' 33-year run, Bahamut has been there, with the exception of his unexplainable absence from Part 2, of course. The Dragon King of Summons has made an indelible mark on and is synonymous with Final Fantasy games. Bahamut is one of many different spells called a summons. Typically, a character from one of the games can summon a powerful spirit to unleash an attack on enemies. These summon spells are usually earned or acquired through a difficult battle with the summonee, I may have just created a word there, or a series of tests. Bahamut has a tendency to be the most powerful and coolest looking of the bunch. There are eight notable and recurring summoning spirits. Bahamut, Leviathan, Odin, Titan, Ifrit, Rama, Shiva, and Chocobo. Each is associated with a different element or useful ability. Leviathan, for example, releases a giant wave of water which inundates enemies. Bahamut's recurring attack is breathing a destructive flame burst known as Mega Flare. Throughout the series, Bahamut is portrayed as a mighty dragon, though his design, color, size, and species changes with each game. For example, in Final Fantasy XIII, Bahamut is a bipedal dragonoid who can transform into a dragon. He looks more like a sinister black and purple robotic knight. Whatever form Bahamut takes, he looks menacing and kicks serious butt. But if he wasn't always a dragon, what was he? And why change him? It's time to summon this explosive esper and discover his origin. So, without further ado, let's explore the lore. The name Bahamut in Arabic means beast, and he appears in tomes of cosmography, the study of the cosmos's organization, as far back as the 13th century. The name is thought to derive from the biblical behemoth, a beast from the book of Job. Behemoth is shown paired with the other chaos monster, Leviathan. Behemoth is the unconquerable monster of the land, while Leviathan is the primal monster of the sea. Bahamut, Leviathan, and Behemoth just so happen to be part of the recurring characters of Final Fantasy games and are all extremely difficult to defeat. In Arabic mythology, Bahamut is a mammoth of a fish surrounded by water and mist. No human eye can see him, but without Bahamut, all humans would be plunged into darkness. He, with the help of a giant bull that stands upon his back, carry the earth as they rest atop the wings of an angel who stands on a slab of gemstone. The earth itself is suspended in seven layers that are also suspended atop a peak of a ruby mountain. Huh, that's pretty wild. Why have so many cosmic beings supporting each other? And what's supporting all of them? Only in mythology can you find angel feathers supporting a planet-sized fish bowl containing a hippopotamus-headed fish monster suspended in water that is propping up an equally massive bull with the layer cake earth resting perfectly on its ruby mountain back. And then there's the issue of scale. According to Edward William Lance, Bahamut, quote, is so immense, all the seas of the world placed in one of the fish's nostrils would be like a mustard seed laid in a desert, unquote. If this were the case, then earth would be barely a speck of dust on the bull's mountainous back. Mountain, bull, Bahamut, and angel on the gemstone slab seem like serious overkill. Do they have any idea what they're holding up or are they too busy keeping up their balancing act? Whatever the reason for their circus act, it certainly makes for some interesting mythology. I, for one, am glad Dungeons and Dragons intervened in 1975 and upgraded Bahamut to a dragon. Instead of being a glorified lily pad, He became the king deity of good dragon kind. At least in the world of D&D, Bahamut has a more exciting purpose. He gets to battle the infamous Tiamat, the queen deity of evil dragons. Who doesn't like an age-old battle of good versus evil? Thus, the dragon flames have subsided and Bahamut has taken wing to fight another day. Researching this beast led me down an unusual rabbit hole filled with bizarre imagery and head-scratching lore. I loved every second of it. While Muhammad's origin might be less exciting than his RPG counterpart, it is no less interesting. Bahamut's incredible evolution is synonymous with our own. The dawn of creation and man may be mired in ambiguity, but it began simply and led to where we are now. Kind of makes me wonder what sort of greatness awaits our species down the road. Thank you for listening to this episode of Video Game Lore. If you liked what you heard, I implore you to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download and listen to your favorite shows. I would truly appreciate the gesture. Video Game Lore is brought to you by Night Apple Creations, a multimedia production company from the minds of yours truly and Stephanie Varish. It specializes in books, art, videos, and audio. Stop on by and have a look around at nightapplecreations.com, where you can find the link to my podcast website. I'm also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at VGLorePodcast. That's the letter V as in video, G as in game, Lore Podcast. You can find this information in the episode notes of your podcast app. Thanks again. And until next time, when I provide for you some more lore on your favorite video games, namely, A Morning Star, keep on playing. I'm Matt Farish. This is Video Game Lore.